GameZillaMedia.com It's time for the last action podcast. Widespread investigation of reports from funeral homes, morgues, and hospitals has concluded that the unburied dead are coming back to life and seeking human victims. Listen to them, children of the night. What music they make. Welcome, everyone, to this special edition of the Last Action Podcast, uh, Horror Movie Edition. Uh, it's I, the Sphinx, back for another year of uh, our October specials. And, of course, joining me is our horror movie expert, I'm going to call him, the Deadite Knight. Yeah, they're coming to get you, Sphinx. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. <laughs> Where's my gun? <laughs> Where's my gun? Cock it and load it. <laughs> I don't know. I don't, don't want to hear you saying cock at all. I love saying cat. <laughs> All right, well, I already got us off the rails three minutes into this. I'm looking at a microphone that kind of looks like a cock, so... Hey, you don't talk about my microphone that way. <laughs> well, I mean, if that's the way it looks. Anywho, <laughs> great start right from the beginning. Yeah, just like last year. That's right. So, yeah, this is our, our third year um, yeah. going over these horror movies. I mean, we've had quite quite a wild ride you know i i i brought this idea up to you a few years ago because you know i had no real idea of the horror genre besides just a few little titles here and there um they really never piqued my interest but i gotta say like i was looking forward to it this year uh and i i like how we continue to grow with uh different movies so yeah, year year one was blog form. We'd watch the movies, yeah. and uh, you know we year one was was good. We had some bangers in there. There was a lot of my favorite movies. We did a lot of slashers year one, yeah. which that that's always been my bread and butter as a horror movie fan. Uh, and then last year we decided we want to move it into you know just a, an audio form and put it on the Last Action Podcast thread. And here we are for a second year of doing these shows. And I don't know. I, I like talking about spooky movies, so. Looking forward to doing a few more this season. Absolutely. So the first title that that did I and I uh, watched today uh, was Night of the Living Dead. So definitely one of the OG horror movies, right? Yeah, released in 1968. Um, we talked a little bit about this as the movie was getting going. It's not the first movie to have uh, to be considered uh, a, a zombie movie overall. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of people point to the white zombie, which I think was in the 30s, but zombie movies prior to what George Romero did with Night of the Living Dead in 1968 were voodoo zombies. Okay. They, they were, you know, like the, the old voodoo master putting spells on people and then they were, you know, under mind control. That's what a zombie was prior to 1968 and... Um, we touched on this a little bit while we were watching it. They don't ever say the word zombie in this movie. They do not. I heard flesh eaters, uh, and that was really about it. Flesh eaters, them. those things, and they do say ghouls once or twice. Okay. Um, where, you know, again, you can get real nerdy and start nitpicking the difference between a ghoul and a zombie. Yeah. Um, but uh, the word zombie is never used, but we know... Moving forward, George Romero in Night of the Living Dead laid the foundation for what the zombie genre would become, uh, spawning multiple sequels to uh, to this movie and also cool 
not real sequels, but inspiration movies like Return of the Living Dead. And, of course, we wouldn't have things like The Walking Dead and yeah. um, even, uh, you know, other other more contemporary zombie movies. I probably wouldn't be playing Last of Us right now if it yeah. weren't for uh, what George Romero laid down in 1968. I was going to say, even though I've never seen this movie until today, from watching it, I immediately was able to connect to how the genre has obviously was influenced from this film. Yeah. I mean, in a way, I almost felt like this movie kind of creates the recipe it for, for how you do maybe not even zombie movies, but even horror movies in general. Because you've got, you know, you've got kind of, you know, you've got boarding up the house and you've got a pretty girl. You've got some blood and some gore like a slasher film would have. You know, you've got some sort of heavy weapons involved. It seemed very much like, yeah, it just sets the pieces in place for how we see horror movies moving on in the future, whether it's zombie or slasher or any other type of film. Yeah, I, I always looked at Night, uh, Night of the Living Dead as, well, one, it was a very graphically extreme movie at the time. Yeah. Um, you know, at least in, in my brain, there's not a lot that shows the level of gore uh, that we saw in Night of the Living Dead. It was a very extreme, very controversial movie at the time because of the level of graphic violence. But to me, a lot of times, it's, it, it, it's sort of a stopgap in it, uh, in between. Stopgap's probably not right. It's probably an evolution point in between. A lot of times when I think horror, I think what was produced in the 1930s with the Universal Monster movies. Like, mm-hmm. to me, like, my, that's where my brain goes back with, like, really classic horror stuff. Um, you know, if you're looking post-silent film era, like, you really hit your stride with the Draculas and the Frankensteins and the yeah. Wolfman. Um, but Night of the Living Dead really ramped things up from what had been done the couple decades prior. But then it, that takes you into the 1970s where... Um, again, you go back to the universal style, the, the universal classic monster movies, which are the Hammer films uh, produced in England, uh, where our man Christopher Lee got to do some uh, some mm. Dracula acting. That's one that could be fun for us to do in the future. It's one of the Christopher Lee Dracula movies. Yeah, I had no idea he was Dracula, but just thinking of Christopher Lee in my head, he would be a perfect fucking Dracula. Yeah, those, <laughs> those, those movies are super good, and I think I have a couple of them on DVD, so it'd be easy for us to do. Okay. Um, but yeah, the, so but this was like a launching point where horror did evolve um, from this movie, and again, the the zombie the zombie genre was ignited, and this was the template for for everything that came after it. Yeah, you mentioned the blood and gore, and, and I I mentioned it to you several times in the movie, just how surprised I was that for 1968 we saw that level of it. Yeah. Uh, you know, even in the beginning. Um, when uh, Johnny gets, you know, eaten, and then when Barbara is, is beating the, or not uh, Barbara, but Ben is beating uh, some of the zombies with the with the tire iron. Yeah. And then in the very end, uh, I was really surprised as well with with the gunshots and everything else. So, you know, that that really shocked me. And then I did not know this was a black and white movie. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, I actually feel like seeing it in black and white, I think, was perfect for the film. Like, it helped create a, a different atmosphere uh, for the film. And I think the way that they, you know, neither of us are experts on film, but just the way that they had the shots angled uh, and the way that they used the light in the film, since they're limited to black and white, I feel like they did a great job in trying to create the, the atmosphere, the, the ambiance of what it was we were dealing with. 
Yeah, the I, I love black and white movies. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I even specifically in the last couple of years bought the collector's edition of Logan because it came with oh. a black and white copy, and I was like, I gotta watch that. Like, yeah. I'd love to watch a modern movie that was shot in color, action movie, high definition. I'd love to watch it in black and white just to see the way the lighting plays and the way um, that you can feel different emotions based on the way a scene is shot. When you remove all the color, I absolutely yeah. love black and white movies. So um, th- this one being in black and white, I-, I keep going back to it as the classic. I own so there was a night of uh, night of the living dead remake that was remade. I couldn't tell you when I think it was the early nineties. Again, if there's someone listening that wants to nitpick me and it was sometime in the eighties, <laughs> that's fine. You can nitpick me. I don't care. Um, but night of the living dead launched the career of special effects artist, Tom Savini. Okay. Tom Savini actually directed the remake of Night of the Living Dead. And I own a copy. It's still wrapped. I've never watched it. Every time I want to watch Night of the Living Dead, I go back and watch the original. I've never watched the remake. But I'm sure the effects are incredible. I'm sure it's, yeah. it's good. I've just, I just love, I love the feel uh, and the emotions that I get watching a black and white movie. So. Yeah. I, I feel the same way. I love watching classic movies. So I, it, was, it was a happy surprise uh, to see... That that was the case, and and I think it really, I think it pays off. I help. I think it sets that atmosphere really well. So you were mentioning uh, White Zombie. Is that the name of the movie? Yeah, some from before. So like this movie, I noticed like how slow the zombies were moving. Mm-hmm. So is that something that is kind of how the original zombie movies kind of started, or was that unique to this movie? Do you know? Um, I, I saw White Zombie once and it was 15 or so years ago. It was a okay. long time that I watched it. Uh, if we want to use that as the reference points, they, they were mind control, you know, voodoo spell people. They still had a lethargic movement, okay. but it wasn't, um, it wasn't the staggering. It wasn't the overcoming rigor mortis. It wasn't yeah. that kind of movement. Um, and and we see we see over Romero's work in the future the speed of the zombies does change over time. Okay. Um, but you you still in your brain you think back to the Night of the Living Dead shambling and, mm-hmm. and you know reaching like a lot of that comes from Night of the Living Dead. So so my reference point this is how horrible I I know my horror movies. So what this what I kept getting vibes of from this movie. Have you ever seen the 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 music video for Thriller. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, right. Like that's my reference guide to like a zombie movie oh. is watching that, and I think that was John Landis that did that. Mm-hmm. And I mean, obviously, it's you know that music video has a you know is hugely influenced from this film. Yeah, but it does sound like so. It's George Romero's the director. Yeah, so he he's got a record after this for making a whole bunch of other zombie movies. Then so I just don't know. Sure, so. George Romero. Um, recently passed in the last couple of years, R.I.P., oh. uh, is celebrated as the, the godfather of the zombie genre. Oh, all right. Um, he definitely did movies outside of the zombie genre, mm-hmm. but um, really what what he's known for is the, the lineage of the films that I, I believe, again, I could be wrong. I'm not claiming to be an expert on this anymore. I, I, I would have told you 10 years ago <laughs> I was a horror movie expert. Um George Romero has a series of films that I believe are all uh, connected within the same universe. So Night of the Living Dead, Dawn of the Dead, Day of the Dead, Land of the Dead, Isle of the Dead, 
Diary of the Dead, then Isle of the Dead. Isle of the Dead, he could have done one after that. I don't know. Um, oh, so these are all connected. I had no idea. Yes, all of those movies. Oh. Again, I can, if there's someone listening who says <laughs> I'm wrong, sure, I'm wrong. I don't think I'm wrong for the sake of this conversation. All those movies are, are I believe, connected. I, if, if I remember correctly from when I was deeply into this, mm-hmm. they tell the same story, but they, ta- they were shot... Uh, appropriately within the the decade in which they were recorded. Yeah. So Night of the Li- Dawn of the Dead takes place after Night of the Living Dead despite the fact that one was recorded in the 60s the other one was shot in the 70s. Mm-hmm. Um you know the, the stylistically and, and and there's changes along the way. Um so there there is continuity there. Like I I if I recall correctly Diary of the Dead was released in the late mid to late 2000s. And it was a it's a handheld camera style movie, which was very popular at the time, like mm-hmm. a Cloverfield. Um, Jordan, you know, even so, like Blair Witch. Right? Yes, yes. Um, so Romero made one, and I want to. And the, the that movie, Diary of the Dead, is handheld. It's a like college film crew uh, was just shooting that night, and this is this is what happened. If I recall from the time. Diary of the Dead and Night of the Living Dead take place in the same night, regardless of technologically and (laughs) cinematically and everything about the movie. You know, there weren't handheld, you know, these cameras and cell phones and all that. I want to say they're supposed to take place on the same night. The first night, the the, the dead rose from the grave to, you know, start this this whole zombie uh, storyline. I want to say that that is true. If I'm wrong, that's fine. Someone can get in our Discord and tell me I'm stupid and I, I made all this up. But if I remember correctly, that that was supposed to be the point at the time because I do have a copy of Diary of the Dead because I bought it the day it came out because I think it was direct to DVD or it had a no, it had a limited theater release. And okay, yeah. See, and that's you know you bring up another point that that you and I both brought up while watching the movie is that there were scenes in this movie that seemed very like candid. Right. Yeah. Like it just it seemed like almost ahead of its time for, for the nineteen sixties that you're getting these these kind of special shots that, you know, you're it looks like the camera is following you around and it creates a little bit of that that horror. And you know, thinking of another director and another movie that we saw last year, Evil Dead, mm-hmm. obviously acts that way as well. So obviously, yeah, it's got to have this huge impact on on how things went moving forward. So there's definitely something effective in the horror genre about the camera being used to put you physically in the location where the the issue is occurring. Yeah, it helps so create that suspense. Sam Raimi moves the camera around a lot in Evil Dead to sort of make it its own character, mm-hmm. and in a lot of ways, uh, we we saw shots where Romero, George Romero tried to make it, make it very much fly on the wall. You're locked in this house with these people experiencing this, um, and that's one of the reasons he pulls you in. Again, the movie was made in 1968, and here in 2020, we. Had a we were fully invested and enthralled because the movie was well made, um, yeah. top to bottom. Yeah, and so getting into it, you know, almost well. First off, you looked it up. The movie only had a budget of a little bit over a hundred thousand dollars, which I think you said even in today's money is only about eight hundred grand. Yeah. So you know, the, the fact that it, it seems like it's an independent film, uh, it made. I just looked it up. It made over over thirty million dollars mm-hmm. worldwide. So it was a huge success. 
Um, but then obviously you can kind of see that it was limited in how much money it had. But obviously it doesn't take away from the film at all. No. So the majority of the entire movie is just filmed inside that house. So kind of getting into the, the, the movie itself, we actually start off you know, in a cemetery. We've got uh, siblings. We've got um, Barbara and Johnny that are paying respects to their father and then just all of a sudden you know this zombie comes out you know starts slowly walking towards them but it's nice that you get a little bit of foreshadowing too like i noticed like right when he turns the radio off in the car they're about to say special bulletin like urgent news happening but we don't get to hear quite what that is which is really neat um and then obviously you know the zombie comes takes out johnny uh barb runs into this house uh, where um, she's trying to lock herself up, but then we also get introduced really to the main character, uh, who is Ben, mm-hmm. which I think is important to mention because we, you know, we brought it up in the conversation. You know, Ben is is black. Yeah, in 1968, to have the main character of a movie like this, I I don't believe uh, was a very common thing, and I think that was part of the controversy at the time, yeah. is that uh, it is starring a black man. Yeah, it's Dwayne Jones, and he really does. Like, he controls this entire movie, uh, both in, like, you know, screen time, but then also, like, he's in the front seat for how the plot of the movie is played out as well. So all these side characters are, are all of these white people that, that we start to get interacted with, and it, very progressive for, for the 1960s to see that happen. So that was really, that was neat. I was happy to see that. Yeah, on top of, you know, Romero pushing the limits of gore and and horror genre, uh, he definitely has progressively put things in his movie, and there there is, um, over time, there definitely is, uh, you know, subtext to the films. It's not just gore for the sake of gore with Romero, and I think that is one of the reasons people have latched onto his work so much again i think it's specifically it might be day of the dead um it's either day or dawn the, the one of them takes place in a mall it's dawn dawn that it takes place in a mall okay i don't know i'm getting mixed <laughs> up um but one of them's all about consumerism like there's a point where the romero movies like that the one i'm thinking of gets a little little silly-ish with the zombies okay. like shopping and stuff but again he's always he's he tried to make a point and i i couldn't tell you what it is i uh, wait wait but, did you say the zombies are shopping I, I, one of the movies, the, there's like a consumerism tie-in to, okay. to the zombies. Um, they go into zombie stores like Sears and whatnot? Yeah, yeah. I, 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 you know, Day of the Dead might be the one I've never seen. I've seen the original Dawn. I've seen the Dawn remake that I think Zack Snyder did. Okay. Don't kill me, people, if it wasn't Zack Snyder. But I want to say Zack Snyder did that Dawn remake that was really popular in like 2004. Yeah. Um, but... Uh, yeah, yeah, and there's no doubt that George Romero casting a black man and writing the story around Johnny uh, was was part of what he was saying with this film. Yeah, that's very cool. And so, you know, we, we see, I, I would say, I think the, the part, so the, the movie starts off fast, right? Mm-hmm. Like, we immediately see the zombies come from the, the cemetery and then trying to get into the house. But then I think there's a little bit of a drag there. Mm-hmm. It seems like, and I mentioned it too, that we, we kind of watch for 20, 25 minutes, uh, Ben um, <laughs> just hunkering down the, the house for a base. So it's like, I get that, like, we're, you know, that he needs to, you know, to, to 
clat, you know, to, to shut all the doors and nail them shut and everything. I don't know if I needed to see it necessarily for 20 minutes straight. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think I got more tips about how to, to hammer in a door against the wall than, than maybe anything else there. Oh, you'll, you'll think <laughs> this movie when this day comes and you're like, well, I guess I got to board things up. That's true. I mean, I did get some pointers for what to do when, when the zombie apocalypse happens now. So Zombie apocalypse? Antifa overrunning your neighborhood? Who knows? It's 2020. <laughs> Very true. Um, from there, you know, we find out that there's that in the cellar, there are some people, which is a little interesting that, you know, they, they made mention of it. Like they obviously heard noises from upstairs, but they didn't react to anything until much later. So, so let me, let me lay this out. Let me, All let right. me try. I want to explain this because it is a weird part of the movie. Yeah. We have the first, let's call it 10 minutes. That's Barbara and her brother, Johnny. They fight a zombie in the cemetery. Now, Barbara runs into this house. She meets Ben, our, our main hero of the movie. Yep. Then like a, a 20 minutes goes by of Ben nailing up the house and <laughs> yeah. Barbara being uh, catatonic. Like she can't move. She's so afraid of what's happened. Yeah. And then all of a sudden... You know, Ben's like, hey, I'm going to go check up the upstairs. Then all of a sudden, these people come running out of the basement. You're like, there's more people in the house. Like, what is going on? Like, where were these people? And they're like, oh, yeah, we heard all the banging and hammering, but we wasn't going to come out of the cellar. Like, what? Like, it's weird. It's weird. And I don't really know story-wise what the point of creating that 20 minutes of the isolation feel. And you're looking at, like... What's going to happen for the rest of this movie? It's going to be two people locked in a house fighting zombies. Like, it's just weird that all of a sudden they introduce people in such a such a strange way. If they would have run and come knocking on the door and they would have let him in, I would have felt so much differently about them being introduced that way. It's the, like, we were hiding in the basement and remaining quiet while you nailed all the doors shut. It comes across weird to me. Yeah, I was so surprised by it. I, I said it to you. I thought they were actually zombies that were coming from the basement. Cause the one guy, the bald, the bald man, Mister Cooper, he kind of he had like a weird mark on his head or something. He kind of looked like he was becoming a zombie. So I, I legit thought in the beginning that that's that's what they were. But then, oh no, they were just chilling out in the basement. I guess just hanging out in the cellar. Yeah. So we find out there's Mister Cooper and his hot wife, and then <laughs> we got. And then I like that my <laughs> wife just looked over here when you said hot wife. She's like, she's like, what were you watching? <laughs> Well, come on, it's a horror movie, right? Again, this sets up the genre, so you got to have some attractive women in the movie. That's, and, that's true. And, of course, they're going to die, so, you know. Because then you've also got uh, the younger couple. You've got, uh, what was his name, Tom? And we don't know the name of his hot girlfriend or whoever she was. It was like Julia or Julia, Catherine. Right. It was just a woman's name. Yeah. I don't know. So they're That's real there. insightful, right? <laughs> it was a woman's name. Yeah. Her name wasn't Michael. Like, I don't know. <laughs> So they're down there too. So yeah, I'm just wondering, like, but Mr. Cooper had a had a wife and a young daughter. That's true. There was the young daughter yeah. who immediately you know something's up with her because yeah. they're saying she's not feeling well. Yeah. But you're really not getting given any sort of information about what's going on. Yeah, what you stop at McDonald's? She got diarrhea. Now you're hanging out in this house. Like, what, what do you mean by not feeling well? That's exactly what it was. Yeah, I mean, so. the, the the Ronnie squirts. We've all been there. Yeah, we've all been there, young lady. No shame in that. Your happy meal became a crappy meal. It's all right. <laughs> Did they have Happy Meals in 1968? I don't know. I don't Hard know. to say. Ronald McDonald was probably creeping up on them too. Who yeah. knows? He probably became one of the zombies along with the 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 Hamburglar is definitely a fucking zombie. If a zombie grimace comes after me, <laughs> that's when I'm turning the gun on myself. Like I don't want to live in a world with zombie grimace out eating people. 
Oh boy. So we've got. I, at first, I thought they were all one family, but no. Apparently, Tom and, and his hot girlfriend they they also just kind of randomly. They all apparently just kind of came together at the same time down to hide into the cellar. Yeah, right away, you you think that this Tom guy with his weird bowl cut hair or whatever, and <laughs> uh, you you think like he's like Mister Cooper's like little buddy, like maybe yeah. they, maybe they work on cars together or something, like yeah, or maybe it was like his son or something, yeah. like an older son. No, he's like, yeah, we met Mister Cooper when the <laughs> zombies was flipping cars. Like what? Yeah. Yeah, so... Because he seems to have so much adoration and respect for Mr. Cooper being an angry old man. Like, it is very much a father-son dynamic. Yeah, and we mentioned, too, that Mr. Cooper acts so much like that father that that has to nitpick and contemplate on everything that everyone else is doing. He's up here. Ben's been boarding up the house for hours on his own, and Mr. Cooper's like, look at this shoddy workmanship. Instead of helping out, he's going to just critique it to the side. Absolutely. They teach you how to swing a hammer. Like, come on. (laughs) on, So Ben's getting pissed because they're fighting back and forth about do we stay on the main floor or do we go down to the cellar and so finally ben's like shut the fuck up pretty much and (laughs) you know we're staying on the main floor and cooper goes back downstairs mr Um, cooper is so in love with being in the cellar like he's just like the cellar the cellar is gonna save us it's gonna be tremendous (laughs) listen no ghouls will get us into cellar like he, he he fully believes the cellar is the place to be in the end, though, maybe he was right, as we find out. Maybe. Originally, I was kind of on Ben's side. I'm thinking, I don't want to be locked in that cellar when there's nowhere else to go. But There's no way out of the cellar. Yeah. So, you know, there's all this fighting that's going on. They start getting into these news reports, which that's kind of fun. You know, first off, we see the old school, like, Zenith uh, radio. And then they bring in the old style TV. And there's all these alerts about what's going on. And I thought what was kind of interesting is... You know, Romero gives a little bit of an idea of where he thinks, of where we're supposed to assume these zombies come from. So he brings up some radiation from a satellite that was visiting Venus. This is this is the the space exploration age. This is the late sixties, right? Every everything was about outer space, going to the moon, shooting up satellites. Uh, the the space race with the Soviets, like this was 1968. This was the peak of space. So if you think about what we think of zombies nowadays, we never think about the, the when you draw back to this movie, the connection that it was. They they eventually uh, say that it might be caused by space radiation of a satellite returning to home. You know. Yeah. Um, and I will, I will say specifically, we're talking about watching. They, they show you clips of the TV report. You're listening there. They have the radio playing in the background news reports of these people on the radio trying to report what they think is going on. Mm-hmm. And that's sort of weaving the narrative. That's giving you the back end. It's filling in some of the blanks, um, but not. Not ever to the point where you see a full picture. Yeah. There's still the mystery of what's going on and what's happening. But that's one of the things I love that they fill the space of this movie. They fill the narrative of this movie with other forms of media uh, happening within the story. Yeah, and I think too, I think you nailed it. You know, thinking about the historical period that this movie's coming out. I'm sure that that was controversial as well to say that this was coming from space and radiation when when all that stuff and all those unknowns are going on, you know, at that time. So I, I thought that was really cool how that was done. So finally, you know, they, they get told that there are these stations being set up around the country where you can go and pretty much be protected. 
So they start to devise a plan that we got to get out of the house and find our way you know, to one of these centers. And that's where I think the the story definitely escalates and what, what goes on here. So they, they concoct this plan where apparently there's a truck outside. and A complex truck. That- a complex truck that apparently only Tom knows how to use a fucking truck. Ben, a real <laughs> sharp guy. He's been leading the charge the whole time, boarding up the house. He's the one with the gun in the hand. He's the one leading the show. He said that he's, you're on the main floor. I'm in charge here. But as soon as like, yeah, we got to get that truck moving. And Ben's like, I don't really know stuff about trucks. Like at least he knows his, he knows his lane. He knows so. like, I'm not a truck guy. Hey, weird little guy with the haircut. You look like a truck guy. And he's like, I got it. I know trucks. Yep. So he gets asked that they're going to go to the barn garage-ish area. There's a pump there for gasoline. They're going to fill up the, the truck, load everybody in, and they're going to they're gonna leave the house. Haul right? ass to the next town with a safe case. Right. So they're ready to go. Okay. So, you know, you got... You got Ben, he's got his gun, he's got the wooden leg of the table lit on fire, everything. Because the, the, the ghouls afraid of fire. Yes. We've, we did establish that they don't like fire. Yes, so it seems like everything's ready to go, okay? so he, Fire bad. He, yeah, he, he throws it, he does a couple shots, you know, it takes a couple hits to, to knock these zombies down, but then, of course, Hot Chick decides to run out of the, you know, run out of the house Wants to join the husband. So there's a delay. Then they finally do make it, just barely, to, to the garage. Yeah, because she comes out in a panic. So we, yeah. ha- we have to- we have our man Tom with the bowl cut. He's, he's the guy who, he's I know how to run a truck. He's in the <laughs> truck trying to get the truck started. And this girl comes running by Mr. Cooper like, I'm going too. And he's like, no, you know, like, no, you know, don't do that. She runs out and then she gets out of the house and she's like, oh, crap. <laughs> like there's like zombies all around. Like she's like, why did I do this? And then she like scurries over to the truck, and they're like, we weren't planning a wild card, you know? Like we weren't planning on her being in the mix. And then you know, finally get the truck started, and uh, she's as, terrified. as soon as that happened, I knew this was not going to go well. No. So they they get to the pump. Apparently, Bullcut Joe had the had the key or the padlock to open up the gas tank. Yeah, he can't get it to work. Ben foolishly decides to shoot the gas pump. Yeah, no, that's badass. <laughs> Listen, Ben and Ben knew he's like, I know how to shoot this gun. This <laughs> this redneck here knows how to drive the truck. I know how to shoot. And it's like there's a gas pump. It's an actual gas pump yeah. in on these people's property. And the padlock won't open. He's like, I got this. Boom! Shoots the pet like they could have been done there. Yeah. But Ben knew he had a keen eye in the sights. He'd been shooting with that gun. Three other times in the evening. It's true. He knows the sights are the sights are true. So he just shoots that padlock off like a badass. <laughs> Badassery was not happening often in 1968. <laughs> ben was prepared. But then Joe has to fuck it all up. Tom. Always Tom. Tom, Tom, whatever. Always got it. I'm just making up names yeah, for people. Yeah, okay. So Ben lays the torch <laughs> down on the ground so he can get the gun, shoot the lock off, and then and then it's like a Zoolander gas fight. It's like Tom's like, ooh, and like he's like spraying gas all over the side of the truck. So now the truck's on fire. Yeah. They don't end up getting any gas there. Ben's annoyed. You right away. He's like, he's like, <laughs> oh, Ben's damn pissed. it. He's like, I shouldn't have let Bowl Cut be in charge of pumping the gas. <laughs> then they leave Ben. They're like, I guess fuck this. Yeah. We're going. They're like, oh, the truck's on fire. We're driving off. And Ben's like, oh, come on. And they just, they, he's like, no, don't. And they drive off in the flaming truck. And when, when 
homegirl who ran out of the house like a crazy person and bowl cut are like, we're driving away in a flaming truck with gas poured all over the side. You know what's going to happen. Yes, you do. And, and but it, but Romero did it great because it seemed like at the very, very end, you thought maybe they were going to get out because they're like, we should probably get out of the truck. And then as soon as they say that, oh, my coat, <laughs> my coat is caught. Yeah. It's caught somehow on some on a seatbelt. Darn the government for putting these restraining straps in vehicles. And then nuclear explosion. <laughs> it's it looks like the Hiroshima bomb went off. It's like a white flash. And you know what happened. Oh, yeah. It's like a white flash. And then, you know, a, a reaction shot of, of Ben going, oh, oh, they're dead. Oh, damn. Yeah. You know, like the truck exploded. And in no time, the ghouls are over having a hot lunch. Yeah. And then and it is a hot lunch. Like, again, another scene that I was surprised we see that they are ripping the, the torched, bot, scorched bodies apart. And are just eating it like fried chicken. Yeah. Uh, yeah just going in on a, on a leg bone. Yeah, and intestines. Eating a, eating a liver. Yeah, yeah. Intestines getting getting grabbed. Then you got Mr. Cooper who's looking out the window, seeing everything happening, realizing we're fucked. Yeah. <gasps> he locks out Ben. You know, Ben's trying to get back in, I guess, to escape. But at that point, who knows what the escape is anymore. And so finally he does find his way in, slaps Mr. Cooper around a little bit. Because he was a dick and wouldn't let him back in. The, the, the part about this movie that, that confuses me mm-hmm. is Ben goes back into the house. I'm just throwing this out there. Yeah. We know these ghouls move very slowly. <laughs> He's a fit, young, black man. He's tall. Like yeah. he should be And he to, has a gun. And he has a gun. You think he could just take a leisurely leisurely jog and outpace any potential assailants like not like you just run he could just run for it and he's gonna make it now now it's an it was probably an act of heroics that he's like i'm going back in for the cooper family so you you bring up a really interesting point that like i i did thoroughly enjoy the movie but you i can't help but think all all these people need to do is just walk swiftly mm-hmm. and you can prevent all of this from happening you didn't need to lock yourself in the house. You know, Barbie from the beginning, she gets in the GTO. I mean, she didn't have the keys, I guess. But, I mean, you could have found a way. She threw that She threw that in neutral with, with the ignition yeah. not on, and she rolled away from a zombie. That's true. And, you know, but uh, <laughs> that guy was resilient. Like, he wasn't stopping the, the yeah. cemetery zombie. But, but Ben was in a car when he went to the house. Like, why, why didn't you just keep driving in the car? You would have gone so much further Maybe away. Maybe he ran out of gas. They didn't explain that. He did say he, like, mowed a bunch of, mowed a bunch of them down. Yeah. So, I don't know. It's all good, though. So Ben's back in the house, and then he yeah. beats Mr. Cooper's ass. Like, Mr. <laughs> Cooper locked him out, and he slaps that he slaps that old man around. Yeah, he does. And so from there, though, you know, the zombies have finally, after an hour, when we see them move six inches every, you know, two seconds or two minutes, they finally make it to the house. They start breaking down the different pieces of the home. Uh, at the same time, the daughter... Um, well, not quite yet. Not, not, not yet. Not quite yet. So we know the daughter's in the basement. So at a point, you know, zo- zombies gr- grabbing at the door. Yeah. The, all that's going down. Uh, ben drops the gun to that's try and board right. things back up. Mr. Cooper grabs the gun. Yep. And at that point, he t- he turns it on Ben. 
Ben's like, I don't play that. <laughs> Slaps the hell out of Mr. Cooper. Takes the gun back. Yeah. Shoots Mr. Cooper. Yeah, like, he does. Like, the dude is like... <laughs> He is the he had realist. Had it. He is the absolute <laughs> realist. He's trying to keep everyone alive. No one can act right. It might be similar to things happening here in 2020. People just trying to keep each other alive and no one can act right. And then he's like, you know what, Mr. Cooper? Boom, I shot you. He needed to go strike three, motherfucker. Yeah, instead yeah. of shot his ass when he said it. So Cause, shoots cause... Mr. Cooper. Mr. Cooper's down in the basement. At this point... Um, at this point, is this one Barb's brother shows up as a zombie? Correct. Yeah. So, so Johnny, Barbara's uh, brother, shows up. So then she like he didn't make it out, out of cemetery. Cemetery guy nope. got him. Cemetery guy rolls up. So now we have a horde of zombies breaking things down. Yep. Cemetery guy who attacked uh, who first zombie attacked Johnny. Him and Johnny roll up, and they they just reach through holes and oh. they, and they they grab Barb. They hysterical Barb, who's who's just been brain dead the whole time and in a panic. Who yeah. talking when she talks, it's like my grandma, like like me and my <laughs> friends were walking today and someone came to get me. They grab her. Barb's gone. They just they just engulf her and she's off part of the horde. It was a fitting ending because you're right. Barbara really was useless in the entire film, and her death was just kind of like the zombies took her. Yeah. She was done. It, it was it was like. It was like you're drowning and you give up. Like Barb gave up. Yeah. <laughs> like she she, 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 she was like Barb answer. from Stranger Things. Yeah, yeah. She's, just, she's gone. She, she we don't gone. know what really happened to her. We're assuming the worst, but your name yeah. is Barbara. You got the Demogorgon gotcha or zombies gotcha. You're, you're not making exactly it exactly right. So Ben has no choice now. He he throws himself into uh, the cellar. Well, not yet. No, I thought he gets in there because that's when he sees. So we we see. That it's like the, it's the, like we didn't just see this movie, but the dad, the dad, yeah, it's, it's not like <laughs> we didn't watch it twenty minutes ago. Um, dad, who you know, Mr. Cooper shot in the stomach. He's down in the cellar. He goes over to see his daughter, who's just yeah, still laying out. You know, the daughter's been not feeling well. We know uh, they did mention at a point that the daughter might have got bit by one of these one mm-hmm. of these things, as they call them. And then Mrs. Cooper uh, ends up going downstairs to see their daughter eating Mr. Cooper's organs, like a liver or something in her mouth. And then she is horrified. And this is, this is where I had to ask you. We saw the the daughter who's now ghoulified zombie fighter, whatever, grab a shovel off the wall, stab her mother to death as a parent. Isn't that the worst way to go? Murdered by your own child. I mean, I could see my son Timothy murder me one day yeah, yeah. cuz he's kind of cray cray sometimes. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, it would be quite awful though. Yeah. And th- so like there's that horrific point and like, you know, th- you you're not seeing the the little shovel that she grabbed go into her mom, but you know, th- you're seeing her swing the shovel. You're still you know, a very uh, dramatic effect. Absolutely, just multiple times, you know, little undead girl stabbing her mom to death. Yeah. So then uh Ben goes downstairs. Yeah. And He's got to... Mr. Cooper's still not dead. So he has to shoot him again to kill him. Which, but that's kind of off camera. Right? It's off camera. That. But you, you know that he reveled in. He's like, I've been wanting to kill... I want to <laughs> shoot your ass again. Like, I get to kill you twice, Cooper? Yeah. I get to kill your grumpy ass twice? Let's do it. Yeah. Then Mrs. Cooper has to get shot a couple times because then yeah. she comes to life yeah. as a zombie. But I don't remember. What happened to the daughter? You know, I don't I don't think they show that because realistically that'd be 
even extreme and in, yeah. in, in a little bit poor taste more recently. I, I would say within the last 10 years, that's a little bit more in mouth. But the killing of children in horror movies was always very taboo. So if they would have shown him yeah. doing anything to incapacitate the undead girl, that would have been a well, I guess, highly I, I think I remember, didn't he slap her? And I think that was kind of it, right? He might have, yeah. Yeah, I think that sounds familiar. And then um, he just kind of makes it through the night. Mm-hmm. And so we see the Proud Boys show up. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so the, the TV is showing. You know, on the TV, you're seeing like a, a militia assemble. Yeah. And it's 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 it was a 1968 version of the Proud Boys. They're like, yeah. all right, we're going to go kill some of these. Some of these, they're creatures. We got our guns. We're going to clear them out from here to Tallahassee. Yeah, which unfortunately... To, to to get into the cultural phenomenon that's going on in real life here, they start walking in into the house, and um, they see Ben. And who ben- was that? He so here's the gunshot. You again, it's it's a it's a firing line. They're walking through the community, yep. trying to get to the checkpoint, just killing all the zombies along the way. And Ben, who had been, it's now it's now morning. He'd been locked in the cellar all night. And he hears the gunshots, and he's like, okay, I, you know, and he hears dogs barking. He's like, okay, I think I can come out. And he sort of shambles through the the the, the dark house in the morning. And that's when the, the sheriff is, like, guiding his buddy. His buddy, might, name might have been Nick. <laughs> might have been Nick, unfortunately. You know. Um, <laughs> Thanks for bringing you, that up. You know, like, telling him, <laughs> yeah, you know, take, take aim. Go ahead and get that one in the house. And... Again, spoiler alert. I guess we probably probably spoiler alert. If you, you probably shouldn't be listening to this if you've never seen it and you want to see it, but uh, yeah, they just shoot Ben. They just shoot Ben because they think he's a zombie, yep. or maybe it's racially motivated. Because he's got the gun. Which one is it? Uh, you know, again, like I said, like there, there's there's always a little bit more thought that goes into a Romero movie. You know, uh-huh. was was this a? Did they think it was a zombie? Was it a racial killing? What was it? Um, but. Our hero that we just watched for 70 of the 90 minutes just doing work. Boom. Dark ending right there. Yeah, because it does. It just ends. And then it gets even more graphic, though. As the credits are showing, they're, like, tearing his body apart. Yeah. Because they talked about how that's kind of what they have to do. You have to disembowel. You have have to uh, dismember and burn the bodies because they thought he was uninfected. I mean, I I actually joked around with you when when it was all happening. I'm like, they're going to shoot him in the house dead, aren't they? And they did. And I'm sorry. Like, it's got to be addressed even in 2020. Like, it's amazing how culturally relevant something like that still is from a movie that's 50 years old. Absolutely. It's just crazy. So, yeah. We went on a little bit longer than we wanted to, but I feel like, you know, it's. I I guess we're going to go to the ratings. Uh, so again, we we went with uh, machetes. Is yeah, how we yeah, did yeah. it. So out of five machetes, uh, do you want to go first? Let me go first. You can go first. All right. I um I enjoyed the movie a lot. Um, you know, we talked about how much the the atmosphere, the black and white was. Um, I felt like the middle did drag a little bit though. Um, in terms of you know trying to safeguard the house and seeing what was going to happen when the the new family members came up. I'm sure, there's a couple questions and mysteries about what's going on and how people showed up and all of that but it doesn't take away from the movie i mean obviously i can i can see all the references in future movies to what this movie did uh i enjoyed my time watching it i'm gonna give it four machetes yeah 
Yeah, for me, it's it's also a four machete movie. This is my my prime my go to zombie movie. I, I watch it more than any other just because I enjoy the aesthetic. I enjoy I enjoy the feel of the movie, and I, I like I like the story. One of my favorite things in horror movies is not necessarily the relationship between the protagonist and antagonist. Or in horror movies, it's often people and a monster. Mm-hmm. It's the it's the way the individual people in the movie deal with the situation, interact with each other. And I really do enjoy, you know, we have Ben, our our main protagonist, just holding it down steady hand while all these other people are crumbling around him and watching him manage and watch him deal with those scenarios because it's a real scenario when things are locked down and there's an issue, there's conflicts and how things should be done and how how people should take charge and, and what should be done. This movie shows that human aspect within a, a horror movie and so for me you know for machetes i i love that that rating it's 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 happening for me too i think that's a great point that you mentioned there because i feel like and again i haven't watched a ton of horror movies but something i've always been upset about with horror movies is just kind of how superficial they can be sometimes but what this movie did is is you're right is you really start to create relationships with the characters and then it really is like a study of how these humans are working together towards this problem and i feel like a lot of horror movies it's just not not to pick on evil dead because we saw evil dead but evil dead is very similar movies yeah because it's people that's people locked in a cabin in the woods uh with demons or you know deadites coming after them and in this one it is people locked in a farmhouse with zombies coming after them they're very similar movies yeah all right well there we have it um so first one uh of the month Uh, i think we're off to a great start uh, we'll it's see. Probably actually all downhill from here. It could be. We'll see. Based on what we've <laughs> talked about watching, I can tell you this is probably the best movie we'll watch all month. <laughs> all right, fair enough. Uh, we'll see everyone next week. But I will say as well, uh, Deadite, you want to chime in what it is you do with the Gamezilla Media Network? Yeah, yeah. If you uh, enjoy the Last Action podcast and like action movies, maybe you like video games as well. Uh, I, so. I am on the Gamezilla podcast every Monday night. We're live at uh, twitch.tv slash Gamezilla Media. And of course, you can listen to the Gamezilla podcast everywhere that you listen to the last action podcast and we're talking video games of course if you're in the gamezilla media discord you've probably interacted with me there but uh you know if i said anything that's factually incorrect or you disagree with uh call me on the discord we'll fight about it there you go and if you don't fight about it on the discord uh deadite will just come to your house and shoot you with a gun uh, you know, I can't. <laughs> if he thinks you're a zombie, I, I can't. I can't condone <laughs> that. Would I maybe? Would I maybe like light a flaming bag of poop on your porch? Mm. No doubt. No doubt. There we go. All right, we'll we'll tone it down. A yeah, bit. I'm not shooting anybody. I'm not gonna even threaten to shoot anybody. But light feces on fire on your porch? I'll 100 do that. I believe that. I might even hide on your roof and you know like dump honey and feathers on you and then excrement. All right, I think we're going to call the day after that one. Yes. So this was uh, the last action podcast uh, horror movie edition. I can't remember what the hell we called this last year. Who cares? This was it? Uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm sure we had Sphinx's Spooky October. We, we had a name for it. Something like that. But uh, we'll see you guys next time. <laughs> we're not winning this year. <laughs> nope.